Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another episode of the Neil World Order podcast. Uh, it's been a minute. Um, what do you guys want to talk about? WrestleMania weekend, uh, coming at you a little late tonight. It's 11.30, just watched uh, day one of WrestleMania. You guys know I'm a huge wrestling fan. Um, you know, I'm, it, it, I, I look at how cool it is now, thinking I can watch WrestleMania as it happens. And I think back to like when I was a kid and had to uh, wait for it to come out on VHS some odd months later. Uh, you'd see some of the results, you know, on the weekend shows like Wrestling Superstars and all that before there was Monday Night Raw and SmackDown and all that. But uh, good, good card tonight. Uh, no crazy surprises. Uh, Pat McAfee showed up. Maybe that might be like the only surprise that was coming, but no debuts or returns or anything. I think they'll save that for tomorrow night or for uh, Monday Night Raw on Monday. The Raw after WrestleMania, as any wrestling fan knows, is always like the biggest WrestleMania of the year. Um, final four games were tonight. Uh, apparently Florida Atlantic lost on like a, I think, I, I heard it was a buzzer beater. I wasn't watching because I was watching WrestleMania. And UConn handed it to Miami. UConn's going to win this. I think they've beaten everybody pretty handedly uh, since the tournament started, so I think it's pretty much their game to lose on Monday. But yeah, uh, it's been a few weeks. Um, took a much-needed vacation down to Florida and Alabama. was a, a great week. Um, you know, like always, any vacation, it seems like it goes way too quickly. You know, I mean, how many times have you had a vacation and thought, man, it just never lasts enough? But, uh, you know, we're always fortunate to be able to travel and go enjoy life and enjoy the fruits of our labor, I guess, as they say. Uh, we actually, we flew into Orlando from Milwaukee uh, when we were waiting for our flight, um, which, of course, was delayed due to actual traffic, not like weather or mechanical issues. Apparently, the state of Florida... There were too many planes in the air. It was too con congested, I guess. So our plane had, was originally delayed like 40-some-odd minutes. Um, you know, so they were just trying to control airspace or whatever. Um, so we're in security line. I actually see Bailey from WWE while we're going through, like, the whole TSA thing. And then um, after we get through that and we're just at the gate, because we're there way early, um, I see uh, Bronson Reed. I uh, actually got to talk to him. Uh, he's very nice, very engaging. Um, I didn't want to be that guy that asked for pictures and drew attention to them just because I saw a couple other wrestlers as well and just kind of, you know, I just kind of said hello to him, had a little conversation and went on my way. I, I guess because like, you see all those TikToks where people are hounding them and they look so frustrated and they're not going to, you know, say no because next thing you know they're, in some viral video and people are saying how horrible people they were so i just thought it was a cool opportunity to say hey man what's up uh you know like what you do but you know you all know how i i stress flying i i hate flying but i have to honestly say i was fine um i was initially worried about the delay just because you know it was starting to snow um it was kind of cold and windy um there in milwaukee you know, especially as we were boarding, and um, all the more reason to leave and fly south, right? But, um, you know, the flight was smooth. Uh, ended up, I think we only ended up being about 15 to 20 minutes delayed. I even sat by the window, which I hate. Um, 
you know, and it really wasn't so bad aside from the fact, like, new planes are small. Like, you're very cramped. Like, I, I, I'm not a tiny guy, but um, these planes are definitely smaller. The seats are smaller. Um, I, I felt like I gave myself a cramp because I couldn't, like, rest my arms at my side. They kind of had to stay in front of me. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was a great flight. Uh, I actually... Uh, I didn't finish it. I watched uh, Black Adam on the way down, that movie with The Rock. I think it's all part of that Shazam stuff. Um, I didn't finish it, like I said, but it was kind of stupid. Um, it was cheesy. It was enough to just kind of pass the time on the plane. But, uh, yeah, it was great. You know, we get to Orlando, and we're like the third row. I think third or fourth row is where Kai and I had sat. We paid like an extra 50 bucks to be able to board in the first 50 people or something, which if you get the chance with Southwest, totally do it. I know airfare is expensive, but it was really convenient. You don't have to, like, hustle up there and do, like, the whole everybody try to get up at the same time and force your way on. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, we get to Orlando. We get off the plane super fast, faster than I've ever gotten off a plane before. Usually I always say, like, getting off a plane is where you just see how the failure of humanity because, like, I, I hate carry-on bag people. They get up quick. They never put their bags where they're sitting, so they hold everyone up. Like, if you, you have a carry-on bag, keep your ass seated till everyone else gets off. Because a lot of us were smart enough to check our bags so we could just walk off the plane. I'm, I think the airline should do away with carry-ons unless it's like a purse, something that goes under your seat, diaper bag, whatever. But that's just me. But anyways, yeah, we get, we get off the plane really quick. I know the Orlando airport from living down there. Our luggage comes out, like, super fast, which, you know, was impressive because I felt like we got down to the uh, baggage claim fairly quickly. So I was like, okay, now we're going to be sitting here for 25, 30 minutes. And that's, I mean, usually that's just, you know, standard operating procedure. Bags came off super quick. Uh, it was 86 degrees in Orlando at about, like, I don't know, 7.30, I think, 7.30, 7.40 or so. Uh, walked out. It, it was uh, it was very refreshing. I had missed the heat. You know, I think, you know, it hadn't been a, a bad winter here. I mean, apparently our snowfall was pretty heavy, although I feel like that's only because the three or four times it snowed, we got nine to 12 inches every time. There wasn't like consistent snow, but um, I actually tried to snow this morning. Um, but uh, we spent the next few days... Uh, at the villages outside of Orlando, it's uh, we have an uncle who lives there. It's an amazing retirement community. And it's actually more than like community. It's kind of like a city. Like it's like this whole. There's thousands of homes. Um, anyone who lives in Florida is probably really familiar with it, or maybe your grandparents live there, Snowbird or whatever. They have these rec centers, bike paths, walking paths, restaurants, shopping. You seriously would never have to leave it for anything, which I think is kind of their thing. Uh, and the really cool part is most people there get around by, like, golf cart, not by vehicle. Um, and I, I think you see that a lot in, war, in, you know, in the warmer communities and some of these shore communities as well. You know, the villages is inland. They have their little lagoons and stuff like that. But um, And these aren't, like, your typical golf carts. These are, like, pimp my ride versions of golf carts. And it's the coolest thing. I actually... Uh, there were plenty of alligators there. I saw like two or three. I tried to get a picture. of Those of you who followed me on social media saw my picture where I probably got a little too close. He was just a little guy. 
I know people are like, oh, no, you know, but mostly they're more afraid of you than anything else. And I wasn't being stupid. I kind of was up on a hill and, you know. Anyways, so after a couple nights there, we went to uh, Orange Beach, Alabama. I'd never been to Orange Beach, so I was I was excited. Um, and obviously, you're on the beach, so, you know, I couldn't wait to get my feet in the ocean. Um, I love my beach therapy. Uh, one of the cool highlights on the road trip from the villages to uh, Orange Beach was we got to stop at a Bucky's, which if you you haven't heard of a Buck, if you haven't heard of a Bucky's or been to a Bucky's, it's literally like the coolest gas station ever, and it sounds like almost like an oxymoron to say that, but uh, I, I kind of feel like it's more than a gas station. Um, a lot of them have like hundreds of gas pumps, like literally hundreds. They have their own. Uh, beef jerky counter like a deli counter where it's just beef jerky of millions of flavors it's fresh they cut it make it do it all right there they make all their food on site you know from pulled pork brisket tacos uh, burritos these homemade chips uh, i got a breakfast burrito one morning it was fucking killer i believe it was, it was like american potatoes bacon sausage eggs and cheese and it, this thing was i bet it weighed like almost a pound and it was all oh, it was amazing but uh, they have more drinking fountains, candy options, than anywhere I think I've ever been in my life. You know, And for those of you that live here in Wisconsin, you know, we think how awesome Quick Trip is. This is like Quick Trip on steroids, like Quick Trip times a 1,000. And Quick Trip is pretty awesome. But uh, Bucky's is, it's next level. Uh, there actually is talk of us getting one here in DeForest, Wisconsin, which is probably about, an, I don't know, maybe an hour and a half, two hours from me i know it's up past madison heading kind of northwest or whatever but yeah bucky's is a total experience i think a lot of people that travel south that's kind of their thing like they sell t-shirts i got a water bottle um you know they have you know bucky's this bucky's nuggets frozen uh one of my frozen drink was like a frozen dr pepper which totally recommend and you can like there's so much going on in there that i think i refilled my frozen like slushy drink like three times before we even left but yeah, so we get to Orange Beach, amazing view, I believe we're like third story, you know, and those, like I said, those, those of you following me on social media, you get to see a lot of the pictures and Instagram or TikTok vids of stuff I post when I'm there, and we'd spend the next few days uh, in Orange Beach laying in the sun, I got a little burnt, not like bad burnt, but like enough to where I was like, okay, yeah, my face started to peel, you know, enjoying the ocean, shopping sightseeing went on this really cool dolphin cruise uh i posted a video on tiktok and uh, tagged the organization we went through um that kind of showed the highlights of it but i i loved orange beach alabama wasn't too crowded it wasn't like a wild younger crowd i think the younger crowd kind of shifts down a few miles to gulf shores it's kind of like they're kind of like right there together but you know, you, you there's kind of like this line where between Gulf Shores and Orange Beach, uh, you know, got to start every day with like a two mile walk, you know, along the beach with my feet in the ocean. Uh, the water was it was it was cold. I felt like it the first couple of days, it was warm and it got colder as the week progressed. Even though the temperature got warmer, so I don't know if that's something with the tide or whatever. But spent one day in the ocean, uh, just kind of. Soaking it up, soaking up the rays. I, I love sunshine. I love to be out in the ocean. I'm a way more ocean person than a lake person. 
the lake's nice. You know, I know the lake's kind of like the Midwest thing. But I think I'm always going to be like an ocean person. But, you know, you just, you get to walk the beach, listen to the waves, uh, feeling them crash into you, the smell of the ocean breeze, the salt on your skin. There's, I mean, you search the world, I don't think there's anything like it. But that's just me. I, I literally could put a chair out there or, a, you know, some kind of lounger and sit on the beach forever and just soak up the sun. And like I said, I got a little too much one day. But uh, never had to use any aloe or anything like that. And I actually did use sunscreen. I think, you know, you should always use sunscreen just because you don't want to get too burned. And then that leads to this, that, or the other down the road, especially if you live in those communities. But, you know, like all good things, vacation ends. Uh, you know, so I actually missed two Saturdays. The Saturday we flew out and the Saturday we were still gone. Or no, we got back on a Saturday. So, and I was just like, eh, I thought about doing a podcast just off the top of my head. But I was like, you know, what? I'm just going to relax, prepare, and then give a better show. I mean, maybe I'd like to think it's better when I prepare, maybe not. But we split the ride home up by stopping just outside Nashville for the night. Uh, on the way through, we went to a place called Leaper's Fork Distillery. I believe it's in Franklin, Tennessee. And did a bourbon tour and tasting. And this this was one of the coolest distilleries I'd seen. Uh, the grounds were beautiful. Uh, re- very rich in history. And I'll cover more of that in the uh, Bourbon Sessions Volume 2. Which you'll probably get in the next couple weeks. I'll keep you guys posted when we nail down a date. Uh, we originally were going to try to do it this weekend. But it's WrestleMania weekend. I only had time to squeeze in one podcast. So hopefully in the next couple weeks. Uh, by the end of April we'll probably get it I'm thinking around the 15th maybe <clears throat> I guess that's the middle of the month but whatever but yeah so uh, Leapers Fork Distillery uh, great tour cool tour guide very rich in history cool stories of how it came to be uh, you know the history of the the building the um, the founders you know the I don't know the distillery masters and um I'm really excited to share that with you guys on the bourbon sessions. I actually got a bottle of their Leaper's Fork bourbon, bottled and bond. Uh, that'll probably be one of the ones we test or sample or j- fucking drink, I guess, test. And we're not testing in bourbon. It's bourbon. It's great on um, on the next bourbon sessions. But, yeah, for all my Tennessee people, you're looking for stuff to do. Uh, definitely check out Leaper's Fork Distillery in Franklin. wasn't that expensive. wasn't that long. It was like, I don't know, maybe hour and a half, two hours. Great gift shop. Uh, the bourbon, I believe, was like $85 a bottle. It's 90 proof. Cool-looking bottle. Cool history to it. Uh, very Rated very high uh, for a bottle that was, you know, 90 proof or whatever. It didn't have a ton of heat. But anyways, so we got back that Saturday, last Saturday, to about six inches of fresh snow. You know, and we could see this, people talking about it on Facebook, like the whole way we're coming home, we're like, oh my God, where where are we going to hit it as we're coming through Illinois and whatever, and it literally just kind of served as a reminder of why we needed to move south somewhere where winter doesn't hang around for six to nine months. Like I said, it, uh, I mean, just to even give you a, a, a an insight into the weather here for maybe those people who don't live in the Midwest or whatever. Yesterday, Friday, it was 61 degrees. I wore shorts to work. It was awesome. It was a beautiful day. Last night, storms move in, 
tornado, like tornado touchdown, I don't know, a couple miles down the road, no severe damage. They It was actually like an F-Zero, um, 80-mile-an-hour wind. So we're not talking like mass epic destruction like we saw a couple years in Cookville, Tennessee, or anything, or like what was down south uh, over the last couple days, but just enough to knock a bunch of trees, like stuff that doesn't really happen here. And then, you know, it was crazy. I mean, it was warm, it was rain, storming all night, and then the tornadoes came through about 7, I think it was like seven, 7.50 to like 8.15. Uh, sirens went off to like 8.30. You know, we were hunkered down here in the basement, which is pretty much the bar man cave, so it's kind of where we probably would have been hanging out anyways. Um, you know, phones going off with a little alert. I mean, honestly, when it, I had just got in the door from delivering when it started, just because it was starting to lightning and grumble a little bit, and I'd already made good money, and I was like, I'm just going to go home. I don't feel like doing this. But that, and then this morning, it's snowing, and it's 28 degrees. I mean, it's, according to my watch, it's 28 out there right now, and clear the high of the day was 45, but it was kind of breezy, so it never felt like that. But anyways, yeah, as we were coming home, um, you know, we got home about, I don't know, 5 o'clock p.m. The day, the weather had kind of shifted. And the, it actually did that Tennessee thing where you get snow and it kind of melts. I never even ended up having to shovel the driveway. It was fortunate the way our house faces, that the sun kind of melted everything. It never was an issue. We never had anything to deal with on the road. It had only kind of snowed till like, 11 a.m. noon that day. So there was a good five hours there where it just kind of melted. But... Yeah, you know, even through the week, this week, it's definitely been a, a change in weather. Uh, I was definitely enjoying the weather down south a lot better. Warm warm weather's just better. You know, seriously, like, sunshine and not being cold is the way to live. And I think we finally convinced ourselves that this trip that we, we do need to move south, that, you know, the Midwest just, it's just not our cup of tea. You know, my wife was actually raised here. Um, you know, I was born in Detroit, but then moved to Tennessee. The, the Midwest just isn't me. I don't like the Midwest. Um, you know, I think a lot of the people are great. I, I don't like the weather. I mean, I think it's it's costly to live here, you know. And like I was saying a couple of weeks ago, like I hate spring more than winter because winter you accept. It's spring that's – spring is like the epic letdown. It's like looking forward to something, and then when it gets here, it totally sucks, and it's not what you thought it was going to be. But – yeah, so, you know, we've been looking in Tennessee again. I think we realized with uh, real estate being the way it is that oceanfront is probably out of our budget till maybe we win the lottery or some long-lost millionaire relative dies and leaves us a bunch of money. I'm taking it easy with the whiskey tonight, just enjoying uh, some salted caramel because I didn't want to get real shitty because I was already kind of tired you know, WrestleMania ran kind of late, um, and I didn't want to be like, during my first show in a couple weeks. So, great segue here. I guess while we're on the topic of down south, uh, unfortunately down south, there was a shooting at a private school this week. Uh, Monday morning, a shooter, trans person, shot her way into the Covenant School in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, she ultimately killed three students. I believe they were all nine years old. Uh, three faculty members, including the head of the school. 
I believe it was a janitor, the head of the school, and, and someone who unfortunately was a substitute teacher that day, who would later turn out to be like the best friend of the governor, Governor Bill Lee's wife. The shooter uh, later was in, within, I think, 15 or so minutes, was engaged in fire with the police, uh, police killed by the police, uh, heroic officers that stepped right in, didn't do the whole Uvalde, Texas thing and sit around and let everyone in the building get slaughtered. They went in, they took the suspect out, and did what they were supposed to. The uh, shooter, 28-year-old resident of Nashville, had planned the shooting in detail as police would find maps and such upon investigation. It, it was reported, I believe, I think it's confirmed now, I apologize, I think I started this on Tuesday or Wednesday, I actually finished the script early this week, which never happens, um, shot their way through the side door, carrying two rifles, I believe the media labeled them as assault rifles, which we all know there's no such thing as an assault rifle, and a handgun as well as an unspecified amount of ammo, I'm not sure if it was ever brought up that they were like AR-15 style or what they were. But, um, you know, this was planned. The shooter specifically targeted the school. And like I said, I'm sure there's an investigation ongoing in more details than, you know, the who, what, where, why. We kind of know. Well, the who, what, where. We know the why. I mean, will we ever really know? You know, and so when I was doing this, I was like, okay, tread lightly. You know, how do you want to approach this? And it's like, where does this lead us? Like, what's the narrative? You know, the media and all the the lefties and the Democrats, they're going to make this about guns, and they have. It's everywhere, from social media, you know. And as always, I ask, you know, and I say, "Is, is this really a gun issue? You know, and I don't say that as a, you're going to have to pry it out of my cold, dead hands kind of person. But I, I mean it as a sincere, genuine question. And I think, you know, in any kind of discourse or conversation with people who do think it's the fault of the gun, when they when they hear you ask that, they instantly just think you're 100% pro-gun, won't listen to anything. That, you know, and I'm not like that. I, good, a good idea is a good idea. You know, logical thought is logical thought. You know, and and I look back, um, you know, the shooting, and if you recall a few weeks back, I talked about Tennessee Governor Bill Lee signing two bills, one banning drag shows in front of kids, and another one banning it in public places, um, and the second, the second bill would outlaw gender-affirming care for minors in the state of Tennessee, which pretty much limits anyone wanting to transition to being an adult, which is probably the way it should be anyways, because once you're an adult, do whatever you want, you know, and I feel that way. Live your life however you want, you know, but kids should be protected, you know, and so, and my take is that, you know, and we've seen a little bit of it on social media, the media and politicians have made it about this bills, those bills, and it's kind of even gone to the White House with the whole trans person visibility day or whatever Brandon uh, talked about yesterday. And it's, you know, they're going to say people trying to be prejudiced against or denying people's existence, whatever, force this. And I, this is the first time in a long time 
where I've seen uh, so much empathy for the, you know, the shooter, the terrorist, the awful person who committed a hate crime, you know, where people were like saying, get the person's pronouns right. And this, and I will specifically call it a she or a piece of garbage, tranny, what it like when you're garbage, you don't, you don't get respect. I, I, I don't care. But I, I feel like nothing, any, no laws, no um, societal perceptions or anything like that makes someone commit acts of evil. Those who do these things, they make a choice. You know, they, they often plan it and then they carry it out. And this senseless and cowardly slaughter of kids and other innocent people is just another incident of this. You know, the, sh- the shooter is not a victim under any logical thought. Not at all. And it should never be portrayed as such. And shouldn't even be humanized. And honestly, that's why I'm not going to say the person's name. Because honestly, fuck them. Uh, fuck what they were dealing with. You know, you can't handle your own shit. Then take yourself out, coward. Don't feel like you need to take other people with you. And this, and like I said, I'm not coming to you as, yeah, I'm pro-Second Amendment, but I'm not a pry it from your cold dead hands person. This isn't about there being too many guns. It just isn't. You know, I heard um, someone say the other day, they were like, you know, because people were like, okay, the last three or four shootings were all done by people from the LGB, whatever, trans, the alphabet mafia and the trans community. And... They were like, well, you know, and someone was like, well, not all trans people are out there doing shootings. And I was like, okay, well, there's however many millions of gun owners in the country and they're not all shooting up schools and you want to go after the guns. It's like, you know, same argument. But um, I I literally, and like I said, I'm always interested and you see this in Senate committee hearings and so on and stuff, you know, and you know, Charlie Kirk videos, Ben Shapiro videos or whatever, when people are like, what what the media means by assault rifle? You know, in this sense, like, AR-15s are not assault rifles. I mean, the AR, as we all know, stands for armored light rifle. But, you know, we're constantly being told they are. Now, do people need to own AR-15s? I mean, I, I don't know. You know, who am I to tell you what you can, can't, or shouldn't be allowed to own? I don't feel... I have the right to tell people that, you know. And then I feel like we talk about mental health issues, yet we only push for more gun reform. And I I had someone say it best the other day. And it was put to it was said to me like we've become a society that accepts mental illness just to stop a person from feeling excluded. And friends, that's 100% gospel. We do it with children. We fill their heads with the idiocy of equity and inclusion and use these words to mask and prevent, to cover, create excuses for people suffering from mental illnesses. And then those people are celebrated and not really given the care they most likely need. You know, and here's what I'm saying. I'm not saying... I'm saying those people deserve care. But maybe the right kind of health care, you know, if you're 
for all of whatever, you know, gender dysphoria or dysmorphia or whatever was a mental illness. You know, and it wasn't something where it, you, and what other, what other form of mental illness do we let the patient decide the care or the remedy or the plan to fix it? Like, you know, and, and I think those who think they're advocating for people from that community, they, they prove our point that these are mental illness. And I'm not saying that in a negative light. I'm saying it, I guess, scientifically. Uh, factually, you know, I've had my own journey with mental health and mental illness, and it's, it is it is something you need to treat to make your life, to enrich your life, to give yourself a better future, to make the days easier, and, you know, just, it, it literally enriches everything you touch. And when I was dealing with stuff, I didn't go in and tell the doctor how I wanted my care to go. See, that that's the doctor's job. You know, and I think maybe we're failing a generation there, you know, because we are confusing children psychologically, emotionally, for, you know, as a majority, for the benefit of a few. You know, and I, I say this all the time, and a lot of people hate this. The good of the one never outweighs the good of the many, period. It doesn't matter who the one is. And I have always believed that. And I'm not anti-trans or whatever be be whatever you want you know but but that's on you it's not on me it's not on society it's your life you should live it how you choose but you should also understand that the choices you you make dictate outcomes when you choose to live and operate outside of societal norms it may come with challenges it may come with problems and it may come with adversity that's just the simple nature of things. It's up to you to develop coping mechanisms and ways to deal and function in a said society. You're not owed anything. It doesn't mean it's okay for people to commit acts of violence against you. No, I'm not condoning it. But may you incur people who don't believe or feel how you're living your life is right? Yes, that's true of almost anyone. That could be true of people who drink a lot, people who have lots of sex, people who smoke pot, people who don't get married and just live together forever or, you know, have a hundred baby daddies. Any lifestyle comes with judgment from being too Christian to not Christian enough to, you know, maybe... Uh, crossing racial lines or ethnic lines or whatever. Like, judgment is always going to be there. Society isn't supposed to adapt to you. You see, that that's the problem. That's why I think nothing gets fixed is because society, it, that's just not how it works. And I feel like we've constantly been trying to redefine everything and make everything this big ball of nonsense. And then we hide the nonsense using words like inclusion, equality, and acceptance. Here's something like maybe people don't say enough. I can accept things and still realize it's stupid, crazy, or scientifically wrong and not logical. That's not hate. You can disagree with something, disapprove of something, 
or even ignore it and not want to deal with its existence. And that's not hate. And I think we've, we've totally watered down hate, just like we have racism and calling people Nazis, by, by being ignorant of the actual meanings of the words we use. And myself, I think, like a lot of people in this country, could care less what you do behind closed doors in your own homes. It's when you want to force it in the faces of everyone and then act like you are owed the acceptance or just owed something in general because you think you're special. You know, and I think that's where people have grown tired. I think a lot of these marginalized, and I said that with quotations in my hands because that's a stupid word too, do themselves no favors because the minority of them creates such a headache and are so obnoxious and so in your face, you know, they're hug chasers. You hear me talk about that all the time. And you see it on social media all the time where they feel the need to give you like 10 different whatever they are, I'm a caterpillar, non-binary, pansexual, goat from the planet Lovetron. Like, nobody asked. I've always had this thing, don't give me answers to questions I didn't ask. Like, if I want to know, I'll ask. Like, assume I don't care. Assume I don't know. And see, and not caring and not wanting to know, that's not hate. That's simply me not being interested. Um, You know, and... uh, like I said, I look at the whole trans thing, whatever. It, plain and simple, it's mental illness. I don't, and I, like I said, I don't mean that negatively, but from a factual point of view. And I, and I don't say that meaning that there's a cure for it or remedy. You know, I say it quite frankly because ultimately that's what it is. Yet, this will come back to guns. Why? Guns are low-hanging fruit. It's easy to blame the guns. It's lazy. It's so intellectually fucking lazy to blame the guns. If you look at it, you're blaming the tools of chaos instead of trying to figure out why they're being used in the first place. It's like cutting off your hands so you won't steal. I didn't teach you anything. I simply just made it harder for you to steal. So your compulsion to steal will still be there. You just have to find a new way to do it because I took your hands. We don't... Nobody talks about that because, you know, there's this secret agenda that wants to get rid of guns too. And the way any country that wants to disarm their citizens or any government that wants to do that, like, that's scary. Like, it... I mean... We had, I, I don't know, it's just, you know, I guess I look at it like, why, why won't we just stick our hands in the mud and try and remedy the mental health crisis in this country? And it, it, it's a big crisis. It really is. It affects way more people than you know. I'm talking people in your circle, in your family. You know, there's people that talk about it, people that don't. I didn't talk about it for a long time, you know, and people in my inner circle I knew if I'd talked about it, it would have been nothing but supportive, but I still didn't talk about it because I felt like it was a negative stigma. I felt like there was something wrong with me. So I get 
that understanding from people. But you see, that was on me. That wasn't on them. It wasn't my family's fault. It wasn't my wife's fault. It wasn't my friend's fault. It was on me because I hadn't developed the strategies and the abilities to be able to be vulnerable and talk about what I was going through. It was 100% on me. And I could blame everyone I want, but that doesn't make it that doesn't make it right and it doesn't make it true. You know, and, and I think maybe we don't want to work on it because it, it's it's good business for big pharma. You know, after all, they own most of our politicians, don't they? I mean, it's kind of why this episode works so well. I I call it misery business. Between news outlets, social media, politicians, narratives, agendas, the minds of everyone in this country are being assaulted 24-7. Commercials, you know, on TV, on the radio, in the shows, in the writing, in the movies, in the themes, in the songs. Look around. Listen, Listen to some of your friends and family. People, and... I I can tell this from conversation with friends and people I've had in the last two weeks. People are stressed. People are worried. Anxiety seems to kind of be everywhere. You know, and, and maybe that's been the plan all along, just like I said with COVID. You know, and I feel like, again, we're trying to expect the people who created the disease to come up with the cure. And we all know we don't cure things. We treat them. And we're all being treated in one way or another if you really globally look at it. You know, I think I've learned in the past year how important it is to take care of yourself. Especially when it comes to your own mental health. I think the biggest thing you can do is to stop stressing yourself out and worrying about things you can't control. And I know that's so much easier said than done, but it's also not as hard as you think it is. I used to get worked up literally about everything. Go back, go back to season one and listen to it. Like the, there's your evidence, you know, and then compare that to, I don't know, the last year and listen to the difference. You know, I spent so much time stressing, bitching for what? It, it didn't change anything. And, I, and I'm sure a good vent session is refreshing from time to time, and it's probably entertaining as hell for some of you. But you can't let it consume you. You know, and is this country and maybe even the whole world a complete shit show right now? Sure. Sure it is. But me getting all stressed out about it, whining and complaining, it doesn't bring any value or enrichment to my life. And it doesn't change anything. So why bother? You know, I think I learned to just appreciate each day. Turn off the news. I get messages from a lot of you sometimes. Uh, Facebook Messenger, on TikTok, Instagram, wherever. You, know, you bring up some news story. And I'm always like, oh no, I didn't see that. Like, I'm not kidding when I tell you. Like, I don't watch the news. I watch the news... When the tornado stuff was going on last night, that's probably the longest I've watched the news since there was an election. Because I don't believe it. I don't think any of it's healthy. It's not going to give me anything I need. I watched it last night because the weather report was important to the safety of me and my family. So, yes, it was something that was bringing value. So I tuned in. You know, you just sometimes, you just have to live your life. 
um, you know, put your energy and time into things that you enjoy or things that make you happy. And those could be simple things. They may be challenging things. I don't know. And I, I, I think, it, it, I maybe wish I'd have realized this when I was younger, but maybe that's part of age and maturity is that life is short. It really is. No matter when your card gets punched. I'm telling you, there's people taking their last breaths right now at probably 95 years old that think, man, it was a blink and it was over. Life's too short. You know, so there's no point wasting any of your life with worry, anxiety, stress, you know, and, and things that often, there's no reward to them whatsoever. There's no value. They bring no value to your life, you know, and I get you're going to worry. I get things are going to aggravate you. But there's a difference between being aggravated and living aggravated or having, you know, getting a little bit of anxiety and having anxiety, you know, feeling some stress and being stressed. Like, it, it, there's a difference. Um, you know, and like I said, there's no reward. And, well, I guess, folks, that's one to grow on. Like, cue the little NBC star now. And I... I don't know. I kind of went, uh, I, I, this was still on script, but I clearly my mind wandered when we, we were, I was going back to, you know, even looking at the government to solve the gun problems and, you know, people say protect schools. A fun fact is uh, with all the money we've sent to Ukraine, we could have put three armed guards at every American school. You know, we protect politicians with guns banks, jewelry stores, courthouses, airports. Uh, celebrities have bodyguards, but we, we don't protect schools. You know, so I, I get, I think that's a valid argument when people make, I think it's unfortunate that we'd even have to do that. And I know people say, well, you know, schools have a resource. To me, if that person's not standing right out front, what are they doing? You know, and maybe these people come in through side interests or whatever. But I think, you know, I, I, I don't think guns are the answer. Like I said, I still believe it's lazy. And I don't know if I'm 100% for armed guards at schools. Like, schools shouldn't have to be a prison. Really? Like, we shouldn't have to. And I get in a perfect world, right? You know, I. I guess I just look at if you did have the guards, that maybe that's being prepared, you know, and in some case it's being reactive, where like I was saying and talking about mental health and all that, I think we need to be more proactive and make it so we don't need the guards, the armed guards in the first place. And maybe that's naive, you know, and maybe this is a generational thing that'll take a generation to solve it. But, you know, that's the hard part. The guns, that's low-hanging fruit, man. That's easy. And I think the thing, to so even to solve this mental health thing, everyone would have to be on board for it. Everyone would have to be, go all in, be willing to work together, communicate. <clears throat> and I don't know if that'll ever happen. You know, and we can talk in circles about what to do. And maybe that's, an, that's a great idea, right? Uh, maybe I will get some guests. I actually had someone reach out to me who wants to talk about this, and that will be a future episode. And we all get together and talk about our thoughts and ideas. Uh, 
life experiences or whatever, what we think needs to change or how we could do better, you know, how we change it. Um, anyone else wants to volunteer, you know how to reach me. Uh, you know, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, email the Neil World Order Podcast at gmail.com. We'll uh, Google meet you in. You'll be on the podcast and you can join our discussion board. But, uh, you know, maybe we'll make this happen. Maybe that needs to be something to look at going for. You know, it'd be great to have people who all have, and I, I don't want an argument, I don't want a debate. You know, it, it's a conversation. And maybe that's how it starts with the conversation. Like you see, I see it on social media all the time, like on TikTok. It's like this huge thing to do these debate lives. They're so cheesy. They're so stupid. Hey, let's, I'm going to throw up three topics on my screen just to get people to come here and argue with me. All the while, it's not really about the conversation. It's, it's hug chasing. It's to get people in there to say, hey, give me gifts. The more people watch, the more money I make. And it's lazy. And, you know, I think... Maybe the more clarity I get in life, the more the less tolerance I have for intellectual laziness. But um, back to misery business, which um, this week's song brought to us, and it's a great jam by Tennessee band Paramore, which was actually formed in Franklin, Tennessee, in two thousand four. Crazy to think that's been almost twenty years. Um, Franklin's actually where I was last night. Leapers Fork Distillery, great place. Check them out, like I said. Uh, Paramore, six studio releases, almost eight million albums sold. They've been uh, one of the biggest acts of the century, fronted by the very lovely and very talented Haley Williams uh, and her amazing voice. They've toured the world, been featured on soundtracks. I think they've played every festival. They've kind of developed a huge following. Have a catalog of hits from uh, Pressure, All I Wanted, That's What You Get, Crush, Still Into You, Ain't It Fun, The Only Exception, Decode, that was in like the Twilight movies, and obviously Misery Business. Uh, the list kind of exceeds the songs I mentioned. That was just what I could think of when I was off the top of my head and put this down. They actually do a pretty cool live show. I saw them on Austin City Limits one night. Um, you know, which that I don't know if any I've, I should do an episode on Austin City Limits. That's a great show if you like live acts. It's usually I think it's on Saturday nights or Friday nights. I'd always stumble across it by accident, just scrolling the channels. Usually after everyone else went to bed, but you know somebody gets on a band, whoever, and it's people from all genres and walks of music, and they usually play for an hour and blah blah blah. But um, yeah, Paramore. They're great. They just released uh, the album This Is Why. I believe it debuted number two on Billboard. Uh, so they've managed to stay relevant and make great mu 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 ah! music for nearly 20 years. So check them out if you haven't, or maybe you just kind of forgot about them. Like, like we all do with bands I come across. Like the other day I realized I had like no Stone Temple Pilots on my... Uh, in my Apple Music, except for like Interstate Love Song, which is a great song. It'll probably be a episode down the road but you know i had i actually had the paramore episode planned a few episodes back and then something different kind of popped in my head i changed the episode and that happens a lot i'm pretty sure there are two full episodes 
in my drive that are completely scripted that I've never done. They're like the Neil World Order Lost episodes. Maybe they'll be like a B-side or a random. When I get real lazy one week and don't want to do it and just want to phone it in, I'll just read those scripts and try to remember what I was going through when I wrote it. Like I said, uh, another Bourbon Sessions is in the works as well. I uh, hope everyone enjoyed Volume 1. Uh, it's getting a lot of downloads. If you haven't listened to it, go ahead and give it a listen. Uh, like I said, get ready for Volume 2. As always, thanks for listening. I uh, hope everyone has had a great couple of weeks. Hope you didn't miss me too much. Um, I'll be back next week and the week after, and I'll be here as long as you want me to be. But... uh As always, thank you for tuning in. Have a great night, everybody.